Hi team, and what's the good news? The good news is today is Thursday, so we have another episode of My Kind of Podcast for you. We're on Season 3, Episode 46, The Hall of Echoes. In a dystopian wasteland of a future, where shadows of desolation permeate, our band of heroes emerge, each one carrying the scars of the past, yet fueled by a shared determination to survive against the encroaching walls of darkness. They're on a journey to unravel the mystery shrouding their world, and the flickering flames of memories that refuse to be extinguished. This is where the haves and have-nots collide, but it may be a price too heavy to pay. Dear reader, Camilla's scream cut through the thickening tension like a knife through silk. This dark note of human vulnerability amidst the magic and mayhem, her face contorts in agony, a silent testament to the invasion she's enduring right now. Aunt Julie's influence weaves insidiously through Camilla's mind, a puppeteer pulling the strings with dark finesse. The room's temporal rhythm shudders, and then its halls freeze. Aunt Julie has coerced Camilla to use, her to use her power and ability to manipulate time, to suspend the inevitable destruction of her bellboy, which was just seconds away. The bellboy, safe within the frozen moment, displays an expression of a triumphant mockery. His branches curl into a grotesque semblance of a smile, his wooden tongue lollying out disrespectful gestures towards Jenny. A visual taunt, a gallant reminder of Aunt Julie's protective breach and the bellboy's current invulnerability. Jenny was mid-swing, is now a statue. Her wrath was interrupted. Her eyes, still burning with the undiminished fire, are fixed on the bellboy. The morning star hangs in the air with a promise of retribution, paused, but not extinguished. Her muscles are taut, straining against the temporal lock that holds her, just mere seconds from our target. Heat was emanating from the chains more than physical. It's the heat of rage, the smoldering indication of impending resurgence. Though time itself had been shackled, the power of surging through the power surging through energy, or power surging through Jenny defies such constraints. The metal link began to drip, molten, as if the very essence of Jenny's wrath was melting with the implausibility of their situation, forging from their indignation. Forging from her indignation a weapon that even time could not withstand. As the molten droplets hang suspended in the air, their glow illuminates the room with a pulsating light, the hint of inevitability of their fall. The implication was clear, something primal. No, something bound to the core of Jenny's very, very existence was going to unleash itself. The hold on time was fracturing. The searing heat and anger threatened to shatter this delicate stasis. Time resumed abruptly as Camilla relinquished her hold, the silent command from an unseen authority compelling her actions. The world, it lurched back into motions, and with it, unceremoniously surrendered to gravity. Jenny's morning star, once alight with her ferocious will, was suddenly just an object of, of obeying the mundane laws of physics. She fell to the ground, her weapon clattered be beside her, the heat and light were extinguished as if they were never there. Camilla, her expression unreadable, glances up briefly. To onlookers, it seemed like an odd gesture towards an empty window. But to her eyes were locked onto something. Or someone. There was a silent exchange, a nod, a subtle nod. Almost missed, but that's enough. And Camilla speaks, her voice carrying the uncharacteristic weight. She says to the bellboy, Aunt Julia agrees. They have the same keys. The bellboy, the sentient tree whose whims and motions were a mystery unto themselves, 
and appeared to balk at this new development. His protest with a rustle of leaves, creak of branches, about to form words of ejection, but they falter. Whether it is the unseen influence that stays his tongue, or the stern look from Camilla, the result is the same. With grudging sway of his limbs, he dispenses two keys, their shape identical to the ones given to Leela, Sunshine, Dr. Ellen Rex. Raven catches the key and catches Jenny's eye, a silent solidarity between them as they take the keys. The rebellion is quelled for now. The immediate threat to the bellboy has dissipated. But the air remains charged with unresolved tension and unspoken questions. The group heads towards their respective wings, the uneasy alliance momentarily restored by Aunt Julie's remote edict. We're left to ponder the true cost of the temporary pace and the nature that figures that commands over time itself. Sculpted from the materials that defy age, the entrance of the corridor was a reflective surface. Sound reverberates, creating symphonies of whispered stories. The hall seems to breathe with the presence of those who sought re refuge here. Their memories ceased in the soft glow that bathed in the space. There, there's, within this haunting expanse of the hall echoes, the very fabric of reality seemed to fray at its edges. Leela, Sunshine, Dr. L, and Rex were all ensnared in this, where time seemed to loop and twist with the every step. Echoes their own actions, past, present, and future, play out before them. These? These were temporal echoes. Not merely visions, but rather reflections of the moments that they were losing, the memories that are being siphoned away into the ether of the hall. Leela paused, a frown creasing her brow. She watched herself conversing with a figure down the corridor. Her lips move, but the words are lost. A conversation that she doesn't remember having, or perhaps that she would have soon. Sunshine's laughter rings out from the corridor ahead. A sound she does not recall producing, a ghostly reverberation of happiness, now slipping away from her grasp. The group's cohesion is challenged as they seem to flicker in and out of each other's perceptions. Rex reaches out to steady Dr. L, but his hand passes directly through just air. Dr. L was just there, and now she's several paces back, looking bewildered, as if the very echoes of their being were, being, were becoming out of sync. With the present continuously being overwritten by these phasing or, or abnormalities, it became clear that the Hall Echoes is not just a name. It's a cru cruel mimicry of their reality, a place where one's history and one's sense of self are not fragmented as they're replayed with taunt spectacles. Here, memories are not merely lost. They're stolen, repurposed to disorient, and unravel the mind of those who dare to, to travel its cursed grounds. As the weary time travels continue, their march through the twisting, memory-steering corridors of the echo, uh, hall of echoes, a, palp a palpable exhaustion clung to them like a second skin. Each footfall felt heavier than the last. Each breath seemed to draw less air. Leela, Sunshine, and Dr. L moved as if they were wading through the invisible mire that clung, that clung to their minds, sapping their energy and resolve. Jenny, her legs trembling with effort to remain upright. Her pride, the only thing keeping her from succumbing to the overwhelming urge to rest. The mental, mental fog clouded their thoughts. Was confusion? It was slowly dawning. Or the realization that their memories were currently being spent to pay for each laborious step forward. In stark contrast, Rex, who appeared to grow more robust with each movement, no fatigue shadowed his features, no confusion furrowed his brow. It was an... It was, it was as though a fog ensnared the minds of his companions, but him, his air was clear. 
His hands rested casually on his slug thrower and his on his hip, half a threat to the madness that whispered around him a silent vow that he would not succumb and he would survive. And then, as if conjured by sheer need for respite, the rooms appeared before them, doors ajar, inviting each a sanctuary with a restlessness, a sanctuary from the restlessness assault on their psyches. The rooms have been earned. The twisted logic seemed the place to suggest, although the very act of surviving this far with their sanity was frayed, but not shattered. As the group staggered into their temporary havens, the irony was not lost on them, as Rex came at a cost, at the very memories that had defined them. Rex watched them disappear into the rooms, his expression unreadable, while the silent sentinel with a slug thrower glinted ominously in the dim light, a beacon of his unspoken promise to guard against the darkness that sought to claim them all, or for say. As Leela and Dr. L and Sunshine stumbled into their assigned rooms, a sense of serene tranquility washed over them. The beds they found were a masterpiece of comfort, seemingly sculpted to embrace every curve, every angle of their weary bodies. The ambient light in the room pulsed with a gentle rhythm, harmonizing the glow slowing their heartbeats, lulling them to the brink of an endless slumber. Doctor's mind, ever the scientist, registered a fleeting protest. There's something too perfect about this rest. Something almost seductive in its insistence. Yet, even as those thoughts formed, she was swept away by a wave of drowsiness, closing her eyes almost against her will. Sunshine, the internal optimist, surrendered to her fatigue without question. Her usual vibrancy dimming, she curled into her, bread, her bed's embrace. The room seemed to, produce, seemed to promise all troubles would be forgotten here that one could indeed sleep forever in blissful, blissful ignorance. Leela, despite the fog that clouded her mind, felt a thread of uneasy weave through the solemnness. Forever is a word that carried weight. A promise or a threat? It probably depends on the wielder. Yet, as our consciousness waned, the room and ambient hum promised relief from the confusion and escape from the battle that waged within her mind. Unknown to the slumbering trio, their slumbering trio, their vulnerabilities was precisely what Camilla and Aunt Julie coveted. In the depths of their enforced sleep, the two schemers watched. Their plan for the travel is unspooling with a sinister intent. For in this domain, those who slumber too deeply for too long are the unwitting pawns of those ruled by the wakening from the nightmare, a fate that now loomed over our travelers as a shroud, threatening to blind them or threatening to bind them to eternity, the servitude, and the most ambient of prisons. But so, dear reader, you see, it's not Leela's or Vanessa's fault, because Jenny broke the mystery box. Some of the events you're about to read even existed, because Jenny broke the mystery box. And sometimes a history thing happened, did. But other times it didn't. But that's just what you think. The truth is in your imagination. This is what really happened. Camilla seemed to hold her breath, because Jenny broke the mystery box. And we all saw what happened. But when you see, when you tell the story, dear reader, will you tell it as it happened, or will you succumb to the shadows of uncertainty? The choice is yours. Thank you for tuning in today. Huge shout out to everyone who made this possible. Huge shout out to Toby, to Chris, to Terrence, to Bree, to Amber. You guys are all rock stars, and we'll see you next week, my friends. Foster.